want to talk about the latest viral craze on the internet and why you're all idiotic for for even participating in it uh, because it harkens back to the uh, the dress if you if you don't remember that one we're, we are going to talk about internet and perspective and uh, and and a little bit of that uh, we also have North Korea uh, seemingly um, having an abrupt change of heart from their abrupt change of heart so we'll talk about that a little bit too and of course Israel all this and a little more is coming up this is Fritzcast. We are gonna let it out, guys. It is Friday, May 18th, 2018, and welcome to this week's edition of the Fritzcast. Let's crack the ice first and foremost by, you know, uh, realizing that next Friday, next Friday is May 25th, and that means... I will be turning 29 years old. 29 years on God's green earth. And I can, for one year longer, declare that I am still a member of the Under 30 Club. I'm not going to reflect on that. Like, next week will be a reflective episode about, you know, my 29 years uh, on God's green earth. And, and we'll reflect on it then. And then we'll reflect about how I'm going to freak out for the next year because I'll be turning 30 the next time a birthday rolls around. And that will be an insane feat, but I have I have what they call um, a fallback. All my siblings are older than me, so even when I do crack 30 and... They all try to go, ah, ha, ha, you're old now. I will just look at them and I'll be like, yeah. And what does that make you? Ancient. Because, you know, my you know my mother has been professing probably since the time that I was a youngin that she's older than dirt. That she was actually, she when she was playing as a child, dirt was being invented. That's what my mother says. Uh, now, is that true? That's uh, I never once believed that as a child. Actually, as a child, I might have, uh, I might have uh, fell for that one. Um, but I, I, I know better now. I know she wasn't around when dirt was invented. Dirt's been around for hundreds and billions of years and stuff and whatever. But but when all your siblings are older than you, you have that you have that distinct advantage of just being able to walk into the room and go. Oh yeah, who's the youngest one in the room? Me, me. I'm I'm the youngest one in the room. Me. All right, and I already cracked a joke that if my family all died, you know, before me, that I would stand at their graves and say, "Who's the only one alive? Me, me. I'm the only one alive." But enough, enough morbidity for 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 just you know today. Uh, you know, Mother's Day was last week. I just the other day I had a uh, I had brunch with my mother which was a, a lovely brunch out and uh what what reminded me that uh while I can say I'm the youngest one in the room to all my siblings um my niece 
is actually getting married tomorrow. My niece is getting married tomorrow. She's uh, my oldest niece. And my oldest nephew is engaged to be married now. And that right there, that's actually, that makes me feel kind of old. I mean, I mind you, the age gap is probably less than 10 years between that. That's what happens when you're... When you're the youngest sibling and you have siblings older than you and they're having children and all that, when you were a children's, you get to be that cool uncle that kind of grew up with the nieces and nephews, sort of. You were the older person that they always flocked to and bugged and hung out with. And uh, then you watch things like, oh, they graduate from high school and you're like, damn, I'm getting old. And then they're getting married and you're like, damn, I'm getting old. And then some of them are even having children before you are. And you're like... Damn! What? It's a little crazy. A little cray-cray going on. But, yeah, my niece is getting married uh, tomorrow. And uh, all this past week, too, it's been it's been rainy. It's been overcast. I, I think the sun maybe came out once. This uh, D- Delaware right now is the new Seattle, or at least the East Coast version of Seattle right now uh, because it has done nothing but rain and rain and rain and rain. In fact... Because uh, I didn't have enough forward thinking, a.k.a. I was lazy, uh, I had to run out to Home Depot yesterday and buy a ladder and clean out the gutters because the gutters were a little stopped up from uh, leaves and uh, shit that gets in gutters. And, um, well, we've been in this house for like two, three years now, and I never cleaned out the gutters once, so... And, but the rain has been so terrible that I needed to clean them out. There was no, there was no getting by and letting, letting it go. Now there's there's a section of my there's a there's a little section of the um, of the gutters that is a uh, it's a little bit bent because of all the water that was collecting in there. That's how bad it was. So I had to I had to take care of that, and I did. And I listened to podcasts while I took care of it because I was off work yesterday because I worked three doubles in a row, one of which was working somebody else's shift so that I could get a three-day weekend. So I enjoyed a day of working but being able to stay at home yesterday, which was welcomed, uh, extremely welcomed. And there, there's that. So, so my week, if you're wondering how productive my week was, wasn't very productive and that happens uh, occasionally in El Casa del Fritz. Uh, that you, sometimes you don't have productivity. Especially when I have things like the new God of War game. Which, yeah, you know, before we talk about and stu- politics and stuff. Um, God of War is a game that uh, uh, I grew up with. I grew up on. Um, the first God of War was released... Uh, in 2005, I graduated high school in 2007, so I played the first God of War, um, I played the first God of War when it came out, I had to have somebody buy it for me, <laughs> because it was rated M for mature, but, uh, but, I was, a you know, I was a, I was that kid that was like, you know, seven years old, watching R-rated movies, so, it didn't really matter, um, God of War came out. Then God of War 2 came out in 2007, the year I graduated, and I played both of those. Uh, God of War 3 came out in 2010, bought that. Uh, I was married in 2010, so my wife had gotten the God of War intro 
and she enjoyed playing it as well. Uh, God of War Ascension came out in 2013. Bought that and played that. And then now there's God of War 4 or, or God of War um, 3. Or not 3, God of War 4. Or the as we just call it, it's the continuation of God of War. So it's just God of War. And uh, the first three installments were all Greek mythology. You were, you were fighting Zeus. Uh, you were fighting all these ancient Greek gods and killing them one by one from God of War 1 all the way up through 3. You were literally obliterating gods um, the entire time. Kratos became, becomes the God of War. Big, um, big epic storyline tied into this game too. Very interesting storyline that I really, really enjoy. In God of War, Kratos pledges his life to Ares. Ares uh, makes him destroy one of the temples uh, in Greece. And uh, it turns out Kratos' family, his wife and his daughter, were in there. And he ends up killing them. And as part of a punishment for his horrific crime, the Oracle places a curse on him. And, and the ashes of his wife and daughter are infused on his skin, turning him a pale ghost white. And he has a red tattoo on him that sticks out boldly against that white. And Kratos earns the name uh, Ghost of Sparta. And now he is tormented and haunted by the fact that he killed his wife and his child. That he goes on a quest for vengeance against Ares. Ends up killing Ares. Becomes the new god of war thanks to help from Athena. The other gods like Zeus and uh, Helios and uh, Hades and... All them, they don't like Kratos much. They really don't like Kratos. And Kratos doesn't like them. Kratos believes that he's been outcast and cursed by the gods, and he's going to take out his vengeance on Mount Olympus. And it's this epic quest that goes throughout all three um, God of War games in the series, and, and it ends in the culmination of Zeus being slaughtered by, by Kratos. And... Then we had this big pause and nothing was going on with God of War. They, they did Ascension, which was a prequel to the whole series, practically. And, then, and now, I mean, it's typical of today's fashion almost, but some people would call the new God of War a reboot. It's not a reboot because Kratos' past in, in the Greek gods and, and his title of God of War and, and his reputation are all in place, but... In this new God of War, they, they brilliantly put in all this Nordic mythology and all this Norse mythology. So now, this whole... He's in the realm of Midgard, and Odin is watching him. And Odin is a little off-put by Kratos because of his past of killing gods. So I can imagine why Odin would be a little bit skeptical of a Spartan dwelling in Midgard. Uh, he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, but apparently he's been hiding out there. He uh, had a wife and has a son, and his son. Now it's an uh, an adventure with him and his son, and but it's a brilliantly done game. It's beautiful looking, uh, very high quality, uh, detailed, um, and just drenched in this whole realm of Nordic mythology. And it is it is just something juicy. I sink my teeth into it. I love playing it. So that's sucking up a lot of time, too. <laughs> sorry about the tangent there, but really I'm not sorry. And would you like to know why I'm not sorry? 
I'm not sorry because you people on social media and the internet, you get addicted to ridiculous crap. And the ridiculous crap I'm referring to this time would be this dumbass sound clip. Laurel. 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 You may recall, and I have to thank a coworker for this, uh, for pointing it out on my Facebook page, but you, you might remember the stupid photo of the dress that came out. Is it blue and black or is it gold and white? And everybody was like, no, it's blue and black. No, it's gold and white. No, it's blue and black. Which is it? Is it Laurel or is it Yanni? Um, the, I don't know. The clip that I just listened to definitely said Laurel. There's a bunch of people that say it's Yanni. Um... The whole thing, childish. It's it's just just stupid. It's it's it the, the one of the dumbest things. I will say this though. This isn't. I don't think this is one of those things where if somebody told you this says Laurel and then they play it and then you listen to it and you're gonna hear Laurel because it's already in your head. I don't think it's one of those things. However. It did bring up a good point because somebody was like, you know, listen to this and tell me what you hear. And they were playing it, and I was like, listen, I don't know what it says. I don't care what it says. It's, you know, I think the whole thing is stupid. But it did make me think about subliminal messaging in music, uh, the, the highly controversial thing that you talk about, like Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Everybody says, you know, if you play that backwards, there's the homage to Satan in there. About um, uh, uh, praying Satan and, and, and all this jazz. Um, and, and it's bad. If people who listen to Stairway to Heaven are on the highway to hell. If you if you understand me. Alright, do not listen to that song because you play it backwards. And there is all this devil worship material in it. No. No, there's not. Because if you... I'll tell you right now. If you don't know anything about Stairway to Heaven... And what allegedly is there backmasked if you play it backwards? It's the entire song, too. It's not just sections of the song. They say if you play the entire song backwards, it's a completely different song. If you don't know anything about it, don't Google it. Don't look it up. Just try to get Stairway to Heaven and play it backwards. Because if you do, you are going to hear nothing. You're not going to hear a damn thing unless I give you what it allegedly sings backwards, at which point you will hear what I produced for you, what, 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 what I write down, what's written down that they say is backmasked in the Stairway to Heaven. You will hear it if you play it backwards and read along with it, and you won't be able to unhear it. But if you've never read any of it, and you just play it backwards, you're just going to hear a song being played backwards. It's going to sound like a bunch of garbly gook to you, because that's the power of the human mind and processing. It's very easy to influence somebody's mind with this crap, and I'm wondering if that's why somebody put it out. I'm wondering if that's why somebody put out the blue, black, uh, white, gold dress picture, because your mind and your perception can be so uh, skewed if somebody tells you, this is what this is what it is, you know. Hey, look, this is a picture of a blue and black dress, and it might be 
a picture of a dress that was taken with flash and was actually white and gold, but it appears black and blue and black because I told you blue and black, and that's what your mind is thinking, and you look at the picture, and that's what you see, and you can't unsee it. You have to fight against your perception of it. And this is all—trust me, this is going to tie together into the end. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But they, they, these are ridiculous little things that get, that get monstrous on social media. Monstrous debate and focus and talk, and it's, it's a little ridiculous. So, Laurel, Yanny, you want to talk to me about my obsessions and how I play God of War too much? I think you listen to stupid clips online too much and have debates about what you're hearing. And that being said, all I ever heard was taxation and stuff. What? Um, so... Blog post on uh, fritzcast.wordpress.com this past week, a couple days ago. You may have missed it. In case you did, you can go to fritzcast.wordpress.com right now or immediately following this audio program and read for yourself. But the other day, um, North Korea and Kim Jong-un came out and said that, uh, well, they canceled a, uh, a peace summit between them and South Korea. This is, mind you, after they held hands and walked across the DMZ line and had this big fluffed up presentation in the news about how things were going to change and things are going to be different now because Kim Jong Un wants unity. They just want to they just want to be reunited and we all just want them to be reunited too, right? We just want them to have um an amicable relationship. Maybe. Well, North Korea came out and said that if Donald Trump, if his plan is during this historic meeting between Kim Jong-un and himself, if his entire plan is just to focus on denuclearization of North Korea, that he can pretty much forget about it. He can kick rocks hobo because that's not on the table. They'll, they are not going to de- completely denuclearize North Korea, despite the fact that that's what they said a couple of months ago. They have 180'd their entire stance on the issue at hand. They have said that they are going to do what they want to do, essentially. That they will not be bossed around or kicked around or put into... Uh, harsh negotiations. What did I say? What did I say? Back in March when this was announced. What did I say? I played Admiral Akbar's clip. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's all fake. And then I got into this cautious optimism thing. And like then... then Kim Jong-il meant uh, uh, Moon Jae-in from South Korea. They did the DMZ line crossing, holding hands and stuff. Uh, They had a whole day dedicated to this unity thing. And I started thinking like, oh, you know what? Maybe this is genuine. And then I dug up news stories about how Chinese scientists had uh, pretty much figured out that the nuclear site, Mount Mantap, had collapsed and that it was leaking radiation, and that radiation could find its way wafting towards China, and that might have played a key role in Kim Jong-un's abrupt change of heart. And now, you know what Kim Jong-un is now? You know what he's saying now? This is what he's saying now. Well, gentlemen, 
If you ask me, this whole thing's been a real coup. <laughs> Funny thing, isn't it? Everyone thinks I'm this idiot, but nobody knows it was all just a big facade. Who's the idiot now? That's from my fellow Americans. Who's who's the idiot now? Huh? It was all just a big facade. But honestly, I mean, you know, the parts of me when when this popped up, I said this is just too good to be true. And now that I look at it as events have unfolded up till now, maybe it was all just a giant facade um, to to play everybody, to kind of get everybody in and hoping and thinking one way, and then just to go, oh hey, by the way, um, screw it. Because at this point, what does Kim Jong have to lose? What does he have to lose? Everybody thought he was at his wit's end, and just had nowhere else to go, couldn't continue that fight. And now, for all intents and purposes, it looks like he will continue that fight. Maybe it's just words. Maybe it was just bullcrap. But I, I, I highly doubt it. And I'm, I'm co- constantly, constantly skeptical of North Korea and, and what's coming out of there. And uh, to, to say that it's done and over with, long shot, total long shot, and... You know, huh, where's that Nobel Peace Prize for Donald Trump now? <laughs> Gone. Gonzo. And maybe never to return again. I don't I don't know. But you know, this is the this is the world that we live in. It's it's a total crap fest. Just like uh what you know, what's going on in Israel right now. What what some people would for some reason pin entirely on Donald Trump. Let's let's, let's scale it back here. I'm not you know, I don't criticize Trump for the sake of criticizing Trump and I don't get on his case just for getting on his case and all that. Um, one of the things that, uh, that Donald Trump gets flack for right now is, is he decided that he was going to place the United States Embassy in, in Israel. And um, a lot of people said that that was a bad foreign relations move because it was going to piss off the Palestinians who have been, I mean... First off, let's let's just take a step back. The warfare that's been going on in that region of the world has been going on since long before anybody listening to this podcast or will listen to this podcast ever existed. That's how long it like it, it was before the times of Christ, which is something that you don't get to say nowadays that often. The, the the religious animosity in that region towards each other, uh, which is uh, very clearly defined in both the Bible and the Quran and uh, world history, uh, the, 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 the religious differences and animosities over there are so ridiculous and uh, so so fueling the fires of warfare over there. Um, there's that underlying bit that, by the way, most of America, most American media, most people talking about it don't even realize or even touch up on at all. Like, none whatsoever. Okay? It's all bypassed in, in talking about, you know, what's going on in that region. So Donald Trump declares that the U.S. Embassy is going to go uh, in Israel. They had the big ceremony this, this past week for opening the U.S. Embassy in Israel, which sparked lots of protests at the borders of Israel. 
You know what's sad is that tensions are so bad and so high that uh, the Washington Post is putting out articles like how to tell when criticism of Israel is actually anti-Semitism. Um, calling out human rights violations shouldn't stray into bias against the Jews. That's how bad it is. People, people are wondering, where's the borderline of being a, a, an actual legitimate questioner of Israel and Israeli intentions without being anti-Semitic? That's how bad things are. So uh, the U.S. Embassy opened in Jerusalem... And mind you, before these Gaza protests started going on, um, they, they actually started on the 30th of March uh, in a six-week campaign of protests that were launched at the Gaza Strip near the Gaza-Israel border. Um, that, that now we're looking at, did, did Israel use excessive force at Gaza? So if you don't know what happened, I'm still brushing up on some of this myself. But, uh, you know, Palestinian health officials say more than 100 Palestinians have been killed and 10,000 injured by Israeli troops over the past six weeks at a series of protests along the border. Um, on Monday, I'm reading from BBC News on an article that was posted on May 17th, 2018. Um, 60 died on Monday alone when 40,000 took part in demonstrations that coincided with the controversial relocation to Jerusalem of the U.S. Embassy. Um, Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas accused Israel's military of carrying out, quote, massacres of unarmed civilians, but Israeli's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu insisted its troops acted in self-defense and blamed the militant group Hamas, which dominates Gaza for the deaths. Hamas and other groups organized the protest campaign dubbed the Great March of Return in support of declared right of Palestinian refugees to return to land they or their ancestors fled from or were forced to leave in the war which followed Israeli, Israel's founding in 1948. The Israeli government, which has long ruled out any return long ruled out any right of return, said terrorists wanted to use the protests as cover to cross into its territory and carry out attacks. Uh, Israeli military said rioters had thrown stones and firebombs at its troops, which is factual. Um, there was Molotov cocktails, and what's, what's sad is that you'll read reports that say, oh, they only had the occasional Molotov cocktail. Well, I'm sorry, that's a threatening act against the border, and, and uh, by the way... Israel had stated that anybody at their border attempting to cross their border and rallying up would be under scrutiny and at the mercy of their troops at the border. They, they declared that. They put out that warning. Um, and by the way, some of the things that have popped up at these Gaza protests are things like Nazi flags. Okay? Nazi flags. Nazi flags. Nazi flags. Nazi flags. Remember that episode a while back here in America when we, we want to talk about Nazis all the time because it's easy to hate Nazis except when other people who aren't Nazis are hating on the Jews. That's fine, apparently. Um, further down in this article from BBC, what do human rights groups say? Um, they have accused the Israeli military of using excessive force. Uh, they have said Israeli soldiers deployed near the Gaza protests were required to operate according to the international legal framework 
applicable to police and other law enforcement officials, which is part of international human rights law. It holds that the intentional lethal use of firearms may only be made when strictly unavoidable in order to protect life. Quote, an attempt to approach or crossing or damaging the fence do not amount to a threat to life or serious injury and are not sufficient grounds for the use of live ammunition. Uh, Rupert Colville, a spokesman for the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, told reporters on Tuesday. Uh, this is also the case with regards to stones and Molotov cocktails being thrown from a distance at well-protected security forces located behind defensive positions. So you see, that's writing off Molotov cocktails. Ah, so they threw a firebomb. Who cares? Was anybody going to die? I think that was the freaking intent of throwing a Molotov cocktail. I don't think it was just to, you know, watch a firebomb go off. But whatever. Now, uh, even in this article, it will tell you that the leaders of Hamas said that they encouraged people to try to breach that fence line and break into Israel. Uh, during these protests that have been going on. And if there's a brilliant article I could I could point out that's actually posted in the New York Times opinion section it is uh, Maddie Friedman, a journalist and the author of memoir Pumpkin Flowers, A Soldier Stories of Forgotten War. Uh, Mr. Friedman has been an international press person that's been in Israel long before this past week's events, and he breaks down Hamas and the strategy that Hamas would use on the foreign audience scale of what Hamas is looking for, which is to blame, to pin this blame on Donald Trump, to pin the blame on the embassy being opened in Jerusalem, and to gain sympathy from people against Israel. There is a much... Larger picture here than people are willing to admit is going on. There's dirty hands all around in, in, in everything going on there. And just another reason why, when it comes to U.S. foreign policy and intervention, a lot of times I say we need to keep our hands out of what's going on. And unfortunately, that would mean that there's going to be some major warfare going on between people out there. That's just unfortunate consequences because you either want America to go in there and put the foot down and run business for the world as the world police, pick a winner and a loser, or you actually get a winner and a loser. And while the rest of the world kind of doesn't want warfare going on anymore and doesn't want this bloodshed and killing and violence and all that, the Middle Eastern sector of this world is still A-OK with bodies piling up for their own different divisive agendas. And unfortunately, a lot of it is surrounding religion and a lot of it is surrounding thousands of years Thousands of years of continuing, ongoing conflict. All of it surrounding the Holy Land. All of it surrounding religion and beliefs. And that's it. But to sit here and pin the blame squarely on Israel and say Israel is squarely in the wrong, and Donald Trump was in the wrong for placing a U.S. embassy in Jerusalem, and that is what 
cause this conflict. Sorry, folks. Bullshit. Pure garbage. Read more about Hamas. Dig a little deeper. Because the narratives, people are just going with what's easy and what sells. And then you dig deeper and you see a worse bloody picture that's a little more confusing than what the news media is willing to tell you. That's been ongoing for since March. Since March, this massive wave protest of trying to break down another country's border with the goal of sneaking in armed soldiers. But let's guise them up as civilians. Let's get the Israelis to fire against these civilians. They'll look like the bad guys, despite the fact that we have our own nefarious plot going on around it. And we're going to use it because the media is going to push the story we want and we'll gain the sympathy because that's the way the reporting will go. Shocking. Shocking and surprising. So I guess this brings us back to how the world is really messed up and it's not really uh, hunky-dory and uh, utopian and it's nowhere near where people think that it, 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 it is. People are really good at turning a blind eye at stuff. People are really good at moving on with their lives. And people are really good at not focusing on business that isn't theirs. That's where we stand with the situation right now. So, if I had to implore you guys, if I had to dump some knowledge on you for, for something, I would say it's really especially when it comes to these international affairs, uh, they're way more complex than, than we're willing to admit. And there's always something underlying that's not getting the focus in the news media. There's always something underlying that, like, everybody... Now is the time that we have to be cautious. Now is the time that we always have to be skeptical, and I believe that we have to be skeptical all the time. We need that so heavily in our lives. And then we really need to think about foreign affairs and, you know, is America the world's police? Is the United Nations the world's police? Or is there more, far more work that has to be done than people are willing to admit? And it's going to be long work. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be awkward work. And unfortunately, a lot of it is still drenched in bloodshed because that's the world right now. I mean, that's been the world forever. I think it's just that news is more prevalent now and you would think in in a time like this, rumors or uh, misinformation would be more easy to fight against, but believe it or not, it's it's actually twice as hard to fight against it. Twice as hard. So, when it comes to Israel 
and the ongoing Middle Eastern conflict between Israel and Gaza and Palestinians and, and Iranians and uh, Syria civil war and uh, how all the world powers are, are in the mix of everything, we have to ask ourselves that question of who's right, who's wrong, what what's really going on here, and is there even a way to solve it? That's where we're at. So, guys, thanks for listening this week. Next week, it's my birthday bash edition, birthday bash edition, and uh, I'm going to have worked far less than I did this week, for damn sure. So I'll have a, a maybe a, an inkling more of sanity to go along with everything. So we'll see what happens next week. But I hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the FritzCast. Get online and start doing some research. Tell me what you think. Get back to me. It's uh, on Twitter. I'm at FritzQS. On Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash the FritzCast. My blog is FritzCast.wordpress.com. I also contribute uh, to 71republic.com. And my contact is FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all. I love you, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>